What's up, everybody? Welcome back inside the Woody Hayes Athletic Center for a practice report presented by the fine folks over at Byers Auto. If you're looking for a new or used auto, head to Byers Auto in Central Ohio. That's Tim May. That's Andy Backstrom. I'm the 40-year vet, Tim May. Are you now? I've heard that. Reports confirmed, folks. The well, 40... we've got like a bunch of animals out of my house, so I'm a vet. Go ahead. Now. The 40-year vet, Tim May. That's Andy Backstrom. Uh, fellas, just heard from Jim Knowles and Ryan Day. Not too eventful of a media session, but we got some running back updates. Uh, Ryan Day was nice enough to to did, did we to buck the trend a little bit of the injury report, not really saying much by saying he would be quote shocked if all three of the Ohio State running backs miss miss on Saturday. All three, yeah. Which means that they're expecting at least one of them to be back. So that's the biggest report I think to take away from this media session with Ryan Day. Yeah, and that was more like a wiggle worm kind of remark because. He thinks one of those three, and I, I think he's what, including Chip Trainum in that? Yep. Yeah. One of those three will be available at least on Saturday. We'll see. You know, we talked about this yesterday in the stadium. I think it would behoove them, and this isn't slamming Maryland at all, uh, but it would behoove them to maybe rest the top two dudes who are both dealing with something that's been nagging them all year. I mean, well, obviously, uh, uh, Mayan Williams picked up a sprained ankle, which I don't think he's been really dealing with. He's been dealing with a, with a leg, you know, situation pretty much all year, but played really well despite it. But it would behoove them to rest both of those guys because I think Dallin Hayden is capable. I think Xavier Johnson is capable, and if Chip Trainum's available, I think he's capable. You know, but uh, they they there's something about keeping some momentum going too. But it's really interesting how they've just had this revolving door at running back. And I think that has really hindered them in getting that, that that just pure feel of their running game like they would like to have this point in the season. But, uh, you know, the big one is really next week, and it's looming. Yeah, I mean, Ryan Day said last week that he wanted to show more depth at running back, and then we come to game time, and there's not much depth to be had. So I think, you know, he's trying to do what he can, a little bit of its tactics, right, to not give away too much information. So I'd be, you know, shocked if uh we see actual depth you know whether that's strategic to hold back mine yeah, yeah you, for that su- reason. you surprised you used the word surprised yeah 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 surprised um but you know we'll see what it is i think there's something to be said about gaining some momentum not only with the offensive line but with that running back group as well yeah. and we talk all the time about the attitude and the toughness of the offensive line but i think there's something to be said about that with the running backs too so yeah maybe you do rest mine but you get out of rhythm a little bit i know he missed the Michigan State game and then came back and you know he still ran hard but I think you need to have some momentum there too and and I think you just got to start leaning on some guys and Dallin's probably got to have a bigger bigger role than we expected yeah and the other thing real quick about Mayan if he's in the game he's going to give you that over the top effort you yeah. know so you gotta you gotta play it from his vantage point too uh well wait a minute if we do put him in there's no such thing as this guy going 95 percent you know and yep you, there are a lot of like I like I asked Ryan. There are a lot of things you have to juggle right now when you've got a team. Like I said, you're you're driving this car and screening downhill and going 90 miles an hour, and parts are flying off, and you're grabbing parts and putting them back on. And you know it's just a weird time uh, for a head coach this late in the year to kind of just keep the thing going straight and narrow down down the road. When in fact you want to save some of it for that big push. You know it's just what 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 an interesting uh, psychological dynamic. Well, yeah, because, and I think it's even more interesting because the big push starts this week. You can't just go to Maryland Correct. a road trip and expect to just be able to come home and prepare for Michigan. You've got to take Maryland seriously. Um, so 
that's the dynamic here. The thing about the running back situation for me is, you know, I'll be honest, you know, just on a hunch, I don't, I don't think we'll see Mayan Williams on Saturday. Um, again, just a hunch. Uh, but, you know, Trayvon Henderson, could he be there in uniform in an emergency role? I don't know, maybe. Uh, Chip Trainum, an emergency role, maybe. But if Dallin Hayden's running the ball well, and his his spell is uh, Xavier Johnson, or even just lining up Mitch Rossi and putting you know three other uh, wide receivers out there and passing the ball out of those sets, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I think Ohio State will have success doing that. You know, uh, Penn State just ran wild on Maryland's defense, so I think Dallin Hayden. Xavier Johnson will be able to do just fine. But if you can get Trayvon Henderson some work for the first time in three weeks, if you can get Chip Trainum comfortable in a running back role, just in case you need him against uh, Michigan in 11 days, I don't think that would be a bad thing. And so no. they're in an interesting spot, but I don't think they're in a, a disadvantageous spot because I, I think there is enough meat on this running back bone to be able to get through Maryland and not have to play those guys unless you absolutely have to. Yeah, and I'm I'm, I'm interested, you know, at Macaigbuka, I'm interested what his sort of status is. Maybe we'll know at the end of the week, you know, when we get to talk to Ryan one more time. Uh, but that's where, you know, I'm not, I'm not pounding my own story that I wrote, but Xavier Johnson is such the X factor on this team. When you consider he could be the backup running back on Saturday, he could be the guy that plays for a Mecca Egbuka if he can't go or if they decide to hold him out. That's crazy. I mean, how, how many players have come through here that can do either or of those two things? Maybe Curtis Samuel is the last guy I can remember being that flexible. Uh, but they've got they've got the ability to get through Saturday, barring any other catastrophes. I mean, Josh Fryer showed himself so well at right tackle, with the exception of maybe one play that you know still kind of sticks in. Uh, Ryan Dayscraw, but he, he graded a winning performance there at right tackle. I, I think that might have been his first start. Am I it wrong? It was. Yeah, his first start and in place of Dewan Jones. And, uh, you know, uh, so they have the ability to get past Saturday with what they've got, you know, and move in because you want to be as close as possible. And, you know, saying something like the sun is hot, you want to be as close as possible to 100% going into that Michigan game. Couple things I'll say on that. You know, Josh Fryer, great performance overall. As you mentioned, Ryan Day, great him as a champion. He was the play side tackle for a lot of those big games, especially when Mayan Williams was in there. The other thing I'll say though is Dewan Jones was having a great season too. So yes. like even though he was out, um, I don't think you can point to that and be like, well, Josh Fryer should be the guy. Indiana, as we talked about ad nauseum, is a really bad team and they're really bad at stopping the run. And that's not anything to take away from Josh Fryer's performance. But I think Dewan Jones would probably do similarly well in that situation too. Uh, but it's yeah. definitely good to have a six offensive lineman. They can either bring in on heavies, that bison package, as Ryan Day says, or if someone gets hurt, to plug in. Um, the other thing about Xavier Johnson is that I thought it was interesting today that Ryan Day mentioned that he feels like he's more fit to play running back. They've always felt like, you know, even though he can do both running back and yeah. wide receiver, they actually feel more comfortable with him at running back. So that, that was a little bit interesting to hear. Yeah, and the thing, but why do y'all think I picked Dewan Jones to be the offensive player of the week just to pick a lineman? Because I saw a mismatch there that was ridiculous, you know. And I think Josh Fryer, that is a great game to get your first start in, to yep. get some confidence about yourself. You know, guys, I've went, gone back and watched that game a couple of times, really certain parts of it. And uh, that was a, like, a lot like watching the Ohio State first-team offense go against a second or third-team defense here and vice versa. Uh, 
I mean, to, you know, Ohio State uh, defense going against a second or third team offense. That's what it looked like to me on video. Yeah. I mean, the, the play where Jack Sawyer had that, his I think it was his second sack, not the one where he almost took a quarterback's head off, but the second one. They just ran a simple stunt, and he just came through the middle. There was nobody there, and you know, it it may end up being that way against Michigan, but I doubt it. Yeah. You know, I mean, so. You, they, that's, a, that's a good confidence-building game, but it is nowhere near what you're going to face on November the 26th. Yeah, no, not at all. And I don't not even this week, actually. I don't think Saturday will be quite what they're going to face on no. November 26th. This is a team that took Michigan to the brink. To the brink. Yeah, had the ball with a chance to tie the game late in the fourth quarter. So yeah. this is a good football team. Uh, the Penn State score might be a little misleading. That game snowballed for Maryland, but you know, Talia Tungavailoa, Jim Mills talked about it a little bit. He's He's got an ability to evade tacklers. Um, they've got four not just one or two. They've got four talented wide receivers. You know, I look at Jacob Copeland. I look at, uh, you know, Rakeem Jarrett, guy that Ohio State recruited. Yeah. You know, they've got a running back that I think does some damage. So this Ohio State defense is going to need to be on its P's and Q's. But I also think this is an Ohio State defense that's getting better in large part because of the emergence of Teron Benson and Ty Hamilton. I asked Ryan Day about Ty Hamilton. Then it was followed up by others who asked Jim Knowles about Ty Hamilton and Teron Benson. Uh, there's a new starter on this defensive line. It's Ty Hamilton, and he is playing at an extremely high level right now for Ohio State. You remember how his brother came on, Devon? Super quietly, but it, yeah, it was there. But it, it, it is, it's so reminiscent of his brother, except it's earlier, I mm -hmm. think, than his brother did. But Devon Hamilton ended up being one of the better defensive linemen in the country, I thought, his last year. And uh, and Ty, you just, man, you, I zeroed in on him like four or five times on Saturday. He's getting off the ball. He's shedding his dude, and he's getting after it. And uh, or he's holding his ground where you had to hold your ground. And I think, yeah, there. It, that's the thing about a team like Ohio State. I've said this a million times. I'll say it a million and one. Um, you just have these guys that have been embedded in the program for a year or two, or three sometimes, or Xavier Johnson's situation five, four or five, who just kind of emerge as the season goes on. That other teams of lesser recruiting values don't have, yep. you know? And that's what sets an Ohio State, a Georgia, uh, and even an Alabama, even though they're having their tough year this year, uh, sets these programs apart. And you are I think you're seeing that at, at Michigan too this year. So, wow, I just keep looking at that collision. You know, you just, uh, Ryan Day, I'm sure is just, just everyday folks and guys, you gotta beat Maryland first. Funny thing about it is they could lose to Maryland, still play for the Big Ten Championship if they beat Michigan but the big dream would be gone probably. Andy, uh, yeah, there were some questions today uh, but from to Ryan Day about looking ahead. I think there were four, if not five. That's a lot. Um, it's not a secret around here what November 26th means at all. It's also not a secret that that game's been circled since November 27th, 2021. And you know what? Next year, I think it's November 25th, that game's already circled. So. It's not a secret that a circular out there. It's not a secret that Ohio State's looking ahead to Michigan, but you can't look too far ahead because you got to go to Maryland. Exactly. And Ryan Day talked about that 2018 game against Maryland. 52-51 back and forth game. Uh, the late Dwayne Haskins starred in that game and helped Ohio State win. Um, but that's just a great example of going on the road, playing a team that at the time Maryland was pretty beat up, still gave them their A game. And, you know, that was a heck of a win, but a heck of a scare too. And I think, you know, that's what's actually interesting, too, about that game is he mentioned, you know, they throw in fourth and one to kind of get that victory. Uh, there's been a lot of questions about the philosophy of running on short yardage situations. If 
that's out of Ohio State's identity? Should they be more, you know, spreading it out like they do the rest of the game? Um, and Brian Day kind of subtly mentioned twice in his press conference, hey, we threw on fourth and one there. We also threw on fourth and one in the Rose Bowl. Um, I, I think, you know, maybe that was a coincidence. Both those things came out today, but I think showing a little bit, yeah, okay, we, we do throw the ball sometimes on, on short yard yeah. situations. Yeah, you know why? Because that's what they do best, uh, number one. Number two, it's hard to gang up. I mean, you saw Maryland on Saturday. If you watched the video from that Penn State game, I'm telling you, fellas, you could have roped, you could have put a lasso, a 30-foot lasso around the offensive and defensive players on, I think it was Penn State's second touchdown, and Penn State went off right tackle. It was a, it was a third and short or fourth and short, went off right tackle and scored. I mean, uh, you never know, you know, but they just ganged up so big. I'm just screaming, man, play action, throw the ball to the tight end or something, you know. Mm -hmm. but instead, they parted the C and, and the kid ran for the touchdown. And it actually, it happened twice in that game, the same play, uh, which is interesting. So, it, this, at this point in the, in, in the year, and Ryan Day touched on this, you do whatever it is that you feel best, and I'm paraphrasing that a little bit, that gets you that first down or gets you that touchdown. That's what it's all about now. I mean, he would like to have seen them proving that point three or four times last week, didn't get that proof that he wanted, but on one he did. The first, you know, Mayan Williams touchdown, they cracked it, man, on fourth and, or what was that, fourth and one or third, third and one? Third and one. one. Cracked it over right tackle behind Josh Fryer and Matt Jones, and boom, he was gone. And they got great blocks on that play. Uh, that's all you're looking for now is whatever you feel at that moment is, gives you that best shot for that first down or touchdown. So I, I sound like I'm lecturing football 101. Sorry. That's okay, Tim. We don't mind. I mean, we don't who mind cares how you get there as long as you get there. So here, Tim, I'm just going to lay it out. Ryan Day can do all the coach speak he wants about not looking ahead. Everyone is looking ahead. We've been looking ahead for a couple weeks now. Uh, I won't be surprised if Ohio State does a lot of base things, the things that you don't have to show because you don't want to show too much. It won't surprise me. You know, they're going to say that they're going to just do whatever it takes to win. But I've seen this, this song and dance before. The week before the Michigan game, you either throw it all out there to put so much on film or you put nothing on film. And so, you know, maybe they go back to those tendencies so they can break them again. I don't know. It's just interesting to me. This dynamic of this week might be even weirder than trying to talk about next week because they, you could do so many different things and it's all building up to what everybody's already looking at. Yeah. So it's just an interesting well, week. Yeah. Uh, well, Indiana did a good job. I mean, they, they got uh, C.J. Stroud on that uh, play down near the goal line when he kept mm -hmm. and got stopped for a one-yard loss, uh, kept to the left. And then Ohio State pulls out one of these, you know, razzle-dazzles, I call them, kind of plays down there, you remember? Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm going, well, there was in that game. Why, why are you running that play? You understand what I'm saying? Well, why don't you keep that in your hip pocket? But now Michigan's got to prepare for that. So does Maryland. I'm talking about that fake reverse back around. Um, Fred, who ended up with the ball? It was uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. Got some good blocks out there on the edge. Had to push Luke Whipler ahead yeah, and get him yeah, out of the way. Yeah, yeah. Luke was sort of. Yeah, he'd already blocked his man. He was looking for somebody else, you know. But uh, you kind of wonder sometimes why they, why coaches do pull those plays out when they do. A lot of it has to do with befuddling the teams you're going to play next as much as it do, does trying to get down the field. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think you go in this game and just stay, say, we're just going to stay basic. But, yeah, Maryland got beat 30 to nothing by Penn State. It was in inclement weather, as you said. It was raining there, it looked like. Uh, but it was raining for both teams, right, as yeah. I like to say. Uh, it may show you that's a good indicator of where Maryland is right now, although it was on the road. 
and where Ohio State is right now, because there weren't ideal conditions in Ohio Stadium on Saturday, and they pretty much ran their attack. Yep. Agreed? Yep. But it was against inferior competition. Maryland's kind of in that muddle, in that middle zone, middling, of how good is this team really, the way it started, but what, the way it's been playing the last couple of weeks, it doesn't look that good. Yeah, I would call Maryland right now mediocre. I think it's a, a not a bad team. Right. Not a good team. I'd say they're mediocre. Uh, you you know? agree with that? Andy? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, it's kind of a tale of two seasons for Maryland right now. Even the last couple of games they won, it was close against Indiana. Yeah. It was close against Northwestern. And so yeah. and it know, wasn't like, against Penn State. It wasn't against Penn State, but of course they, they were on the losing end of that one. So I think the last four games for them have been very up in the air in terms of how do you evaluate what kind of team are we going to see? Are we yeah. going to see the one from the first half? We're going to see the one from the second half. I think Talia is a little bit more healthy, I would think, at this point now um, than he was the last few games. But, Boy, I mean, we'll see. Saturday, though, I mean, they they didn't have much at work. And like Spencer, you pointed out, they've got, they've got some quality dudes at some of those skill spots on offense. Couldn't get the ball to them for the most part or couldn't get much done with it. So, you know, they're really in a struggle. You know, if, if they were coming here, I think it'd be prohibitive favorite situation. There's a couple things, you know, that odds makers are smart. They see, they see the periscope up for Ohio State fans right now, looking ahead to next week. Why would why would players at least in their in their subconscious be doing the same thing? So, a twenty-something point favorite, you'd think Ohio State would be bigger than it at this point. One thing I'll say too is that this offense that Ohio State's facing is much better than the one they they've been facing recently. Yeah, like this is a. Offense that, as Spencer mentioned, has a ton of weapons. Also, two tight ends with I think 24 or more catches this year. So across the board, that receiving core is pretty legit, and it's going to be a test for the secondary. You know, that's had trouble at times this year. It hasn't always been healthy. Cam Brown and um, Jordan Hancock were back last week, and I'm sure they'll be tested. And we'll see. I mean, I'm sure Ohio State will do fine offensively in scoring points, but it'll. Be interesting to see how many points they give up and, yeah. and what kind of just like 2018 went over there, but that defense was in such disarray, it was crazy, and uh, no one I, I didn't see that kind of game coming. You never know what you're going to see on Saturday, really. And if they get a couple, like you said, if they get a couple of successful plays, big time plays, they could be in that game. I mean, you know, when when you back somebody into the corner, how do they respond? We've seen Ohio State back in the corner several times this year, responded. In my opinion, when it counted most in the fourth quarter, extremely well. I mean, uh, Notre Dame, uh, Northwestern, uh, Penn State. Uh, you know, I think this team is is up to that. If you, if you follow my drift, but every every Saturday is a new is a new challenge. Ohio State has averaged 69.5 points per game in two matchups against Maryland under head coach Ryan Day. We will see what the Buckeyes provide on Saturday, as they can't look too far ahead to Michigan, but we certainly are already thinking about that one. Uh, Buckeyes are focused on Maryland, folks. Uh, we'll see just how focused they are on Wednesday when we're back in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center for full coverage of Buckeye player interviews. That's the 40-year vet Tim May. That's Andy Backstrom. I'm Spencer Holbrook. Thanks for watching the latest practice report presented by Buyers Auto. If you're looking for a new or used auto, head to Buyers Auto. Uh, fellas, $10 for an entire season, off-season, up until uh, kickoff next year, August 31st, 2023. If you want all that for $10 at LettermanRow.com, Go there right now get that deal. That is a hell of a deal if you ask me. Uh, does that but get it, you access to On3.com? It does, absolutely. That's and a hell of a deal. The whole shebang. Tim, Andy, Spencer, Buyer's Auto, Practice Support. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys on Wednesday. Step into the world of power, loyalty 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.